Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. You're on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero for the workday afternoon. Most of us don't pay much attention to our feet until we stub a toe or feel the pinch of new shoes. But our feet might be trying to tell us something. Feet and calves, too, can give us early warning of coronary artery disease, also known as coronary heart disease. Unfortunately, not many people know that, and older people in particular tend to dismiss cold legs or feet and aches and pains when walking is part of aging, when it could be a symptom of peripheral artery disease. We find out more on Health Suites on Money FM 89.3. Health Suites with Clarissa Montero on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Health Suites on Money FM 89.3. Advanced arteriosclerosis is the form of CAD, is the leading cause of heart failure, heart attacks, and stroke. But long before that, there are often early warning signs as the arteriosclerosis affects the peripheral arteries, which are the smaller blood vessels away from the heart, like those in the feet and calves. Joining us on the phone, Dr. Sriram Narayanan, Senior Consultant, Vascular and Endovascular Surgeon, the Harley Street Heart and Vascular Centre, Glen Eagles Hospital, to give us a better understanding of this. Doctor, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much, Clarissa. It's a pleasure to be there. Now, cold feet. How is this a warning of heart disease? Well, cold feet is a sort of term that's used to describe low blood flow to the feet. Mm. And literally, when the blood flow to the feet is decreased, there is a sensation of drop in temperature. The feet do feel cold, both to the person touching it and to the person who owns those feet. They both feel cold. And the drop in blood flow is what is meant by cold feet. And uh, given that the root causes of diseases uh, of arteries to the limb and arteries to the heart, which are the coronary arteries, are pretty much the same. Cholesterol deposition, atherosclerosis, smoking, hypertension, males, aging, they are all the same sort of root causes. And uh, unsurprisingly, the the disease that affects the heart also affects the feet. And so when you feel cold feet, it's a pretty good chance that you probably have something that is not so healthy in the heart as well. I'm assuming that when you have cold feet, the rest of you isn't cold as well. So it's not an external temperature thing. Uh, No, it's not. The feet are actually uh, at a lower temperature, especially the tips of the toes. The smaller the arteries get as they get further away from the heart, um, the more likely you are to feel that temperature change. So uh, the feet will feel the coldest. Um, The sort of part of your leg below the knee will feel a little cooler but not as cold. As you go higher up the leg, um, towards the thigh and towards the abdomen, the temperature is pretty much the same in the body. So yes, uh, cold feet is genuinely cold feet. It's not just a euphemism for something. (laughs) Okay, got you. Now, maybe you can explain to us peripheral artery disease. So your circulation that takes blood to your various body organs and tissues essentially consists of a pump, which is the heart, which then pumps the blood out into these arteries that get progressively smaller in size as they branch out and supply all the tissues and organs. So as we leave the heart and the arteries begin, all of that is peripheral arteries. They are the arteries that supply your your limbs. They are the arteries that supply your brain. They are the arteries that supply your abdominal organs and your limbs. 
the limbs are the easiest actually to find because they seem to get affected a little more aggressively than the rest of the peripheral arteries in the body. And uh, peripheral arterial disease is blockages occurring in these arteries uh, because, uh, like I said, of various reasons. But the final common pathway is a combination of cholesterol and calcium and inflammatory tissues that causes a blockage, which we call a plaque, very similar to the kind of plaque that you would get in the coronary artery causing blockages and heart attacks. So it's like having angina in your legs, if you wish. Okay, so is the difference between PAD and CAD, peripheral artery disease and coronary artery disease, does it basically indicate where the blockages are? Uh, By and large, yes. It's pretty much coronary artery disease is blockages in the coronary artery, peripheral arterial disease is blockages in the peripheral arteries, but essentially the disease process is the same. There are minor biological differences between the plaque in the coronary artery and that in the lower limb. Okay, are the causes the same? Exactly the same. Diabetes being the commonest cause at the moment. Uh, Smoking is a close second in Asia, although it's a bit in reverse in the West. High cholesterol diets, obesity, high sugar diets, uh, sedentary lifestyles, aging, male uh, gender, pretty much the same causes. All right. So how common is PAD in Singapore today? Well, this is the strange thing. In the West, uh, peripheral arterial disease is about 30 to 40 percent in origin from diabetes and about 60 to 70 percent is lifestyle related, you know, smoking and high cholesterol, chips and fag ash as we call it in the UK. In Asia, it's almost 90 percent diabetic. So the percentage or the prevalence of diabetes in Asia is a pretty close marker for what would be the prevalence of peripheral arterial disease. Uh, In Singapore, we're looking at a diabetic prevalence of about 11 to 13 percent. So I suspect you can expect about 10% of the population has some degree of peripheral arterial disease. Okay, and diabetes is on the rise in Singapore. Which is uh, sad, and diabetes is not just on the rise, it's also affecting the younger populations. We now know that in Singapore about a third of the people who turn diabetic turn diabetic under the age of 40, which is a scary statistic indeed. Okay, but we're trying to get healthier, and we're trying to be more active, and we're trying to eat better. Is that not helping the numbers? Uh, It is helping the numbers. Uh, Singapore is looking at it very closely, but uh, the fact remains that there is a large amount of genetics involved, which we are still trying to understand, because uh, you have populations in Japan which also have diabetes. You have populations, uh, and they do live a long time and fairly healthy diets. Uh, And obesity is not quite the same problem in Southeast Asia as it is in the West. Yet our rates of diabetes rise seem to be much higher than in the West. So there's definitely a genetic element Uh, to this that we are still trying to pin down. Okay, now you've started to describe, you know, who is at risk, people who are sedentary, people who are diabetic, smokers, etc. What more can we identify as uh, risk factors for people developing PAD? One of the key markers, actually, uh, it's not a risk factor, really. One of the key markers of the fact that it's developing is the fact that we have pro-inflammatory lifestyles, so to speak. Uh, We live in high-stress environments. Mm. And we now know that a marker of inflammation called C-reactive protein is an extremely good marker for both peripheral arterial disease and coronary artery disease developing. So some of it uh, may well have to do with the fact that we live far more stressful lifestyles, even though we have managed to compartmentalize and improve uh, the kind of food we eat uh, uh, and the kind of exercise we get. But we seem to live the typical city dweller's lifestyle, uh, which probably increases our CRP levels as well. Okay, so we lead more stressful lifestyles. We don't sleep as much as we should. No. 
and those contribute to developing peripheral artery disease? Yes, anything that causes the arteries to get stressed, whether it's a rise in blood pressure from a stressful environment uh, or whether it's rise in cortisol or you know stress hormone levels, whether it's um, the dietary uh, changes that we have yet to fully implement in our lives, um, all of them will tend to cause hardening of the arteries. And once there's a baseline hardening of the arteries, um, a disease begins to take over and peripheral artery disease will occur. Okay, now apart from cold feet, What kind of other warning signs or symptoms are we looking for? It's not just cold feet. Uh, The first thing to think about is pain in the legs when you walk a certain distance. Cramping in the calf is a very early sign. It's called claudication. Although claudication as a sign of peripheral arterial disease is not quite as specific in Asia because of diabetes, which causes some numbness as well, like it is in the West, but uh, nevertheless, it's an important sign. If you start developing sores or ulcers uh, in your leg um, from wearing ill-fitting shoes that you don't feel, uh, you should start getting worried. If you're getting diabetic, you should start getting worried about peripheral arterial disease anyway. There's another important sign, uh, sign, which is loss of hair in the leg. Understandably, most women might not pick that up. And That's might not a problem, yeah. <laughs> um, and even among the Southeast Asian men of sort of Oriental races uh, or even Malay races, you know, hair loss is not a huge issue because they're not normally very hairy. But that is an important sign. Nail growth slows down. You have to cut your nails less often and you get funny patchy sort of uh, discoloration in the nails. And something most men or women will not feel is whether their pulses are weak, which uh, a doctor needs to pick up. And in men, there's a very, very early warning sign that uh, gives you a warning almost two to three years before anything else happens is uh, a change in erectile function in their sexual function. That's a sign of peripheral arterial disease as well. All right. That's a lot of things to look out for. Let's zoom in on on one of those things that you said, cramps in the legs, pain when walking. So if they're feeling these cramps and these pains, should they not be walking or should they be walking more to a doctor? Oh, that's exactly right. They should be walking more, not just to a doctor, but walking more in general. The pain that you feel is really a sign that the calf muscle is getting less blood than it needs or less oxygen than it needs. But strangely enough, to compensate for that, uh, you need to try and grow, or your body needs to try and grow new blood vessels to compensate for that. And the stimulus to grow new blood vessels is low oxygen which is to say that if you walk through the pain or keep pushing yourself through the pain, you will actually improve your walking distance with time. Uh, And supervised walking um, as an exercise is uh, one of the earliest and most effective forms of treatment for early peripheral vascular disease. Uh, So yes, walking must continue. Uh, It's not something that you should stop, but it's a sign that you should see a doctor as well. All right. Now, how is PAD treated? Can it be cured? Cured is probably the wrong term to use. Uh, The correct term to use is managed. Okay. um, Because uh, we can't turn the clock back on your age. Um, With age, some degree of arterial disease will occur. In fact, the earliest sign of a cholesterol deposit, which is called a fatty streak, which is there, you know, under a microscope in the arteries, begins to be seen by the age of 12 to 13 years of age uh, in people's arteries. It's a very early sign. Of course, disease takes many more years to develop. But really, you manage it by firstly correcting your lifestyle, removing as many risk factors as you can, preferably all. So cut down weight, start exercising, move more, cut down or stop smoking altogether and uh, improve your diet. 
But then once that happens and uh, there is persistence of arterial disease, then um, these blockages can be opened up. There are various ways to do it, either with minimally invasive kind of surgery or with open surgery, but they will need to be opened up to improve the blood flow. Okay, now there is a segment of the population, there is a segment of people who think, well, if I ignore it, it'll go away by itself. What happens if you ignore it and leave PAD untreated? If it is left untreated, it's going to get worse. The blood flow to the foot will get worse and it will come to a point where the blood flow to the foot is so low that it will develop into ulcers and gangrene. Once the foot develops uh, or the toes start developing gangrenous changes, uh, you are risking limb loss and amputation. And sadly, um, Singapore, despite uh, its advances, uh, it is making a huge effort to bring it down, and it has. But uh, say about uh, 10 years ago, we had one of the highest amputation rates in the world among the developed countries, but there has been a huge improvement in that now. Okay, so is there anything that we can do to avoid ever developing PAD? You can try not to live till you're 100. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, I don't know how uh, many people want to live to 100. Yeah. But on, in, on, in a more realistic sense, uh, you can certainly ensure that you don't have symptomatic peripheral arterial disease. If we started looking and scanning your arteries at the age of 80, 85, most people will have some degree of arterial disease in mm-hmm. part of aging. But to make sure that it doesn't affect your lifestyle, it doesn't affect your quality of life, and it does not risk limb loss. These are the things we are trying to do. No limb loss, no change in lifestyle, and no change in quality of life. That's what you want to try and achieve. That is very possible with the lifestyle changes that I suggested. So stop smoking, healthy diet, weight loss, and more exercise. It's a fairly simple formula. As they say, you can never run faster than a bad diet. Okay, if you do all those things, there is still the genetic factor at play if you have a family of that kind of history. Yes, there is a genetic factor, both in terms of some people have a condition called familial hyperlipidemias. They inherit bad sort of cholesterol-forming genes. That can be managed if detected early, which is why if you get even a twinge in your leg, you should get it assessed. But that can be managed with medication. There's a wonderful medication to manage your blood lipids or your blood cholesterol now. In addition to that, uh, like I said, diabetes has a strong genetic link, especially in the Southeast Asian population, where diabetes seems to be a lot more aggressive. Again, early detection of that and managing and maintaining fairly constant blood sugars in the normal range over time, that again will significantly delay or even obviate the need for any arterial intervention if possible. Right, so you want to do all the things that you've said that we should do, exercise, stop smoking, proper diet, and and, and avoid diabetes. And control diabetes. And control you, diabetes. You can avoid diabetes with managing your diet and weight, but uh, you can't change your parents. But uh, what you can do is be aware that you have a slightly higher risk and that it is very manageable. And a lot of people, if they do it right, uh, may not need significant medication at all. All right. This has been very, very informative. We've been speaking with Dr. Sriram Narayanan, a senior consultant, vascular and endovascular surgeon, the Harley Street Heart and Vascular Center, Glen Eagles Hospital. Doctor, thank you so much for the time and information. It was a pleasure as always. Thank you so much, Clarissa. Pleasure to be here. I'm Clarissa Montero for the Workday Afternoon. You are on Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.